0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast.
1: Praise God as you see that open your Bible to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. We have been talking about living the supernatural life. Living the supernatural life. You and I are a supernatural people. I said it this morning, if you weren't here, you really need to listen to those messages. They have so built the faith of so many different people. Already got a lot of testimonies coming in. And just shows you, you deal with God's things that he sees important, you see God results. And the response is to be able to see God fulfill everything that that's, he wants available in our lives, which he's provided for in our lives. And so often it's easy because before we saved, all we knew were our five senses. Whatever we did, we measured by those five senses. Uh, you could only, you know, even the world says seeing is believing. Uh, we, will, we will see what happens. I need to see it before I can accept it. And we will measure whether, you know, the doctors will use machines to measure and tell you what the state of your body is. And all of those, 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 those are facts. That it's a fact that, you know, the sun's about to go down now. That's a fact. It will, the sun will be setting. Amen. And then it's going to get dark outside. That's a fact. But the truth is the sun hasn't stopped shining. It's still there. Amen. Just hang on long enough and the fact will change. And that same sun will come back up and you'll see its light again. And so the same way with God's Word, His Word is the truth. Jesus said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so when we're first born again, it's easy to come into that and realize, you know, you have people say, I'm just human. You know, when things happen, well, that's just being a human. No, No, God never intended for you to live that way. When He created the first human, He said, you will be blessed, you will multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, you will have dominion." That was God's intention. But then the curse came in. And so what happened? He, he robbed man of the ability to be connected with life. He was a supernatural being. He operated the earth without toil, without sweat, without stress, and he was able to govern it the same way God did. And that's what Jesus did when he came into the earth. He demonstrated that way of life. You notice Jesus, he never sweated about anything. Never in a hurry. Even when someone was dying, you'd stop and have a conversation with someone else, and then they'd come and they say, "Don't worry, leave the master. Your, your daughter's died." He says, "Don't fear. I, do I look like i in, 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 in? Do I look worried? No, you don't have to be either. What did you say? Come here, my daughter. What did I say? I'm coming. Let's stick with the plan. Amen. It didn't stress him. Didn't worry him. And even when he got to the tomb of Lazarus, they all said, if you come earlier, like they want to blame him. He's late now. Do you believe in the resurrection? Yes, one day we will write. No, I want to get you into the now. The now. The faith is the now. The now. Do you believe now? Because if you can believe now, you'll see the supernatural. And so he constantly was demonstrating the supernatural the bible says had all the books in the world all that he did if you recorded everything he did all the books in the world could not contain it well the bible's 66 books but it's in one volume you can hold it in your hand and that's there you there there's his works recorded no those were just particular moments that demonstrated certain principles but he literally was oozing the supernatural everywhere he went everything he did was by faith everything he did was Amazing, they were like, look at that, look at that, another miracle, another miracle, another miracle, and he called it works. He said, the works that I do, and he said, you would do the same. So what's he saying? You look at me as supernatural, but so are you. You've got to get out of this natural mindset thinking you're having a supernatural experience. No, you are a supernatural being living in a natural experience. And that's the way we need to understand this and operate at that level. And it's amazing when you read through the old covenant, how often you see supernatural things happening. And we think, oh, well, that's the miracles of God. But the Bible tells us we have a new and a better covenant. Everybody say new and better covenant. Yeah, we see in Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord... Came and sat under the Terebith tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abbey's Abel, right, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. So the Midianites, they were, you know, they were the kind of army that just would ride around wherever they, f- they were like bandits. Whenever they found anybody, they would just kill or murder them, plunder, and just a warring nation. And they were oppressing uh, the children of Israel at this time. And this man, Gideon, is now, he wants to feed his family. And obviously, if you're out and you're busy threshing wheat, and they might spot you, and then they come and raid the farm or kill him or murder him. So he hid away in a winepress. It's kind of you know, like a pit. And he, he wanted to still prepare food for his family, but he did it in hiding. To stay away from the Midianites. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. What's a mighty man of valor? Brave man, strong man. Now, you know, there's, there's an argument that he's in the pit, he's hiding away. <laughs> That's not particularly brave. But then there's the other side is that even at the threat of death, he still would go and prepare food. So what does the angel do? God always sees your potential, not who you think you are. God always calls you by your potential. I don't care how you were born, where you were born what happened when you were born, what your society, your community said about you, Doesn't matter, maybe your parents, I don't know what your background was. Maybe there was a teacher that said, you stupid, you'll never amount to anything. I don't know how much you were bullied, how people may have called you names. I don't know how your identity as a young person was formed. But all of that was based on your size and your color and who you are and by your intelligence. People were measuring you and sometimes saying the wrong things even. But we begin to believe them and we begin to form our lives. Well, if that's who I am, well, that's who I suppose I am. You, you, you're you, just a quiet person. You're just intimidated. I don't know why you're always so shy. I know. I'm just a shy person. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. But that's not who God sees. He looks inside. He looks at the person He created. He sees the spirit you are. He sees someone created in His image. He sees that greater one is in you than he that is in the world. If God is for you Who can be against you? But you don't understand. I don't care where you've come from. I know where I'm taking you. And I don't want you to look at your background anymore. I don't want you looking at your history anymore. I don't want the foreign voices speaking to you anymore. Hear what I have to say. You are a mighty man of valor. Am I speaking to someone tonight? Bump the person next to you say, Don't be fooled by what you see.
0: Watch this space.
1: Verse 13 Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles? Where
0: are all his miracles? You come to church and you hear the word. Lord, then where are the miracles?
1: God provides you every need. Then where are the miracles? God heals you every disease. Where are the miracles? God's delivering you. Where are the The miracles. It's easy to look at what's happening around you and wonder, where are the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites.
0: Whoa! Gideon, what did you just say? Does the word not tell us
1: that God will never leave you nor forsake you? Is that the word? See, our speech can begin to buckle when we're under stress. Look what's happening to my life. I'm I'm just being real. Just being real, calling it like it is. That's the problem. We're not going to call it the way
0: it is. We need to correct this. And so the Lord turned to him. And he
1: said, Go in in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I... Not sent you. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Family, when God speaks, everything else must bow its knee. Yes, but God, what about, have I not sent you? Yeah, but you don't understand. Have I not sent
0: you? But God, if you look, have I not sent you? How many we've been born again, not just to get to heaven.
1: We've been saved with a commission from Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. You are a sent one. And he said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will eat something deadly. It'll not harm them. Doesn't matter what horror you breathe in. Come and sneeze in your face. You say, No, I bind it in Jesus. Mate. Die the moment. Any, any virus, any bacteria that doesn't belong in me. Lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Have I not sent you? I we're not trying to convince people to come to our church. You're carrying the supernatural power of God. Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power to salvation. Not a logical convincing. The, this demonstration power. When you demonstrate the power of God, you don't have to convince them to come to church. Oh, isn't Christianity just another one of the religions?
0: Watch this. Does your God
1: heal? Does your God deliver? Does your God set free? Every one of us in this room have a testimony. I've said it before. They can debate and argue on theological things, but one thing they cannot take from you is your story. You know when you hit that hard rock place and you know that you'd reached the end of everything in the natural and it was over, it was done, you were wiped out. But God, and He stepped in and He delivered you. You look back and you know that could only happen by the power of God. My God lives. And He says, now go,
0: have I not sent you? See, we don't have to try and ask God to do something. That's what Jesus was
1: demonstrating. Jesus never, ever, ever, ever begged God. And then when it didn't happen, well, you never know what God's going to do. We trust the sovereign will of God. No, we know his will. Jesus knew his will. He is the word. And he gave us that same commission. Say amen. And so Gideon says, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? I need, indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You see how he put himself at the bottom of the pile? Out of all of Israel, we' the weakest tribe. Out of all the tribes, we're the weakest family, and out of the weakest family, I'm the weakest in the family.
0: That's how he saw himself. He disqualified himself before he even began. But when the word of the Lord comes, and God says to him,
1: "Surely I." will be with you, and you will defeat the Midianites as one man. Have I not sent you? Heavenly God, I'm yet tonight to stir your faith, to just everything that has told you why you can't make it, why it doesn't look like it's working, like you've even failed before you've begun. And I'm saying today you draw a line, and I'm seeing you, mighty man, mighty woman of Allah. You know God has sent you and I am with you, says God. I am with you. See, when you go going to that boardroom, you're not going with your intelligence. You're going with God when you go lay hands on the sick it's not this hand I'm putting on it's God's hand in the glove that I'm putting on see when I speak a blessing it's coming out of this mouth but it's his word that is coming out see when I sow seed it's not what I have it's what he gave me and it's empowered by his word you see when we speak God's word he is the one that will back it up
0: and take and make sure it comes to pass I have sent you
1: Hallelujah. Family of God, the next time a worry comes up in your mind, stop. Has God not sent me? God, you are with me. Yeah, but they're not looking for someone your age. Man, my youth is renewed like the eagle. That's just a number. Because they don't look, they may be looking the natural, they're looking at numbers, but I have favor. But they don't sell to people your color. What color are you talking about? This is just a vehicle. I am the spirit of God within me. The spirit is the only color I know is love. And that's the love. And when anyone looks at me, that's what they see. They see love, they see favor, and they just have to give it to me. You just don't have the education. Say, what? I have the mind of Christ, the one who knows all things, teaches me what I need to know. He reminds me of what I've been taught, He shows me the future. Who wouldn't want to employ me when I can tell them exactly where the company's going? See, family of God, it is time to grow up. We've been talking a lot about the rest and how the children of Israel went through the wilderness and how God fed them manna every single day. How many of you were here for that study? And how God told them on six days you gather manna. Don't take too much because the next day it'll be rotten. And they had to learn by practice to trust God. And then on the sixth day he gave them twice as much to take them through the Sabbath. And that day it didn't rot. And, and you saw that. And they lived like that every single day. Supernatural food delivered straight out of heaven. Angel food. Every single day. And then they come into the promised land. And as you know, Moses was going to bring them in. But because of An issue, we won't go into that for time's sake, but he was disqualified from going in, so God handed it over to Joshua. And that whole generation, that whole generation that did not believe died in the wilderness. And God kept them alive just to raise the next generation. But when that generation was ready and the last one died, God was ready to take that generation into the promised land. And then they entered into the promised land but at that time, during those years, they did not practice circumcision. So all the previous generation were circumcised and God spoke to Joshua and said, now you're going in, but still as a sign of covenant, everybody needs to be circumcised. Now, when you're circumcised at eight days old, you don't remember that. But older, it may be a different story. And you know, it can be uncomfortable. I can just imagine, I can't tell you by experience, but I do know this. So it was, chapter, Joshua chapter 5, verse 8. It was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their place in the camp till they were healed. Ah. They couldn't go anywhere moving. Anywhere. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now listen to this. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land. They're now in the promised land. Everybody say the promised land. They ate of that produce after the Passover, unleavened bread, parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on that day, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Family of God, what I want us to see here is that God fed them supernaturally as they were heading for the promised land. When they stepped into the promised land, the provision moved into a natural reflection. He said, you will live in houses you've not built, drink from wells you've not dug. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. I have positioned you. You've been through the challenges. You've been through the wilderness. But now I've delivered you and I've rolled everything Egypt tried to do to you. I've now taken out of your life and as you circumcise, you enter into the covenant and in the place of the covenant, you will operate the natural realm as powerfully as God delivering it. In other words, God wants to mature us to go from expecting heaven Always to produce to where we as sons and daughters of God know how to operate this earth to produce the supernatural. It's time to grow up. How many of you noticed? I I, I saw it in my own life. It was a question I asked, and I'm sure the other people that have asked it. When I first got saved, it didn't take much. For miracles to happen. It's like you pray and answered, pray, answered land, answered, pray. You see miracle, miracles, miracle, miracles. Miracle. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now God, it would be nice if it happened today. How am you, you willing to admit that happened to you? It's like your first year was, just, yeah, God, 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 God. But now all of a sudden, now it's not like God stopped doing miracles. He wants us to grow, to mature. In the beginning, you feed the baby with milk. Then eventually you say, you hold the bottle. Now we go from bottle to cup. Isn't that right? And then you go from cup to you pour. And then we go from you pour to now you're part of. Then we go, now go get your own water. Isn't that right? There's a maturing process. There's a growing up in the natural. The same way God has called on His church. We have reached the place where He has done the miracles. We've come through the wilderness. We know that we lacked, and we saw powerful things. When Jesus came, He was demonstrating the miracles. But He said, the day is coming when I am the one who had the, The garment and the woman would press through the crowd to come and touch the garment. But if we keep seeing ourselves as the woman with the issue of blood, always needing, always needing, always needing, we will never mature to the place where we become the body of Christ and we carry the garment that others can come and touch and be healed and delivered.
0: We're done with the manna. I said, We're done with the manna.
1: God can still do things like that. And if He needs to, He will. But He wants us operating in a continuous place of the miraculous, trusting Him, resting in Him, using the system He built taking the time to apply the principles of God, to see it manifesting. And that is just as miraculous, as supernatural, as the manna out of heaven. You see this in Jesus' life. If you go with me to John chapter
0: 6. John chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing
1: a great multitude coming toward him, He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, family, how do you know when God asks you a question? It's it's not because he doesn't know. I've had that happen to me many times. God asks me a question. I know he's not looking for information. He wants to find out what's in your heart. Where will we find food that these may eat? But Jesus said it. To test him. For he himself
0: knew what he would do. He knew what he would do. Family, God does not want you
1: walking around in this world not knowing what's coming next. We're not meant to live, uh, you never know what God's going to do. We spend time every day hearing what God's going to do with us that day, listening. See, Jesus had revelation. He lived by revelation, not information. He already knew ahead of time. He had a discerning, an understanding. He knew exactly what was going down. There. He knew what he would do. And Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may have a little. Now what's happening here? Jesus knew where this was going. Now we're going to find out he's he's dealing in the supernatural realm. Remember, everything Jesus did was as the Father said it to him. He doesn't say anything unless he's heard the Father say it. And everything he did, there was not enough books to record it. So he's constantly everything. You know this is going to be a supernatural event. Now, Philip dips into the natural. Now, if you've been here long enough, you understand that denarii is designated as a day's wage. So when someone says 200 denarii, he's speaking about how much, how much work you need to do. This is like, this is going to be two-thirds of a year. Amen? Uh, that's like eight months of work. Jesus, do you understand what it's going to take to feed these people? We're going to have to work. Someone's going to have to work for eight months, eight months of man hours to feed these people. What's he doing? He's leaning to the understanding. He's looking to the natural. See, when Adam was created, he was created in the image of God. God is. God knows all things. And anyone operating and living in the presence of God knows all
0: things. Get a hold of this now. So Adam knew all things. He just knew. But when he sinned, he fell from discerning to learning.
1: Now he's operating in the knowledge of good and evil it's a natural learning process in other words if we want to learn something it's by experimentation not by revelation a lot of what we learn in the natural is by experimentation that's really what science is about let's try this didn't work let's try that didn't work let's try this didn't work let's try that and eventually discover something but when god speaks to you you have the answer you know the classical story of Edison, who, when he invented the light bulb, they, he failed many, many times. They asked him, "You failed so many times." He says, "No, I found hundreds of ways of not to do it." But it took him a while to find the right way. Had he gone to God, God would have shown him exactly what to do today. That's the level Adam was operating. Now, Philip is leaning into the natural. It's going to take eight months before we can feed these people. Hello. But Jesus, he's not interested in the time equation. We need to feed them now. Faith is always today. Faith, If it's in the future, it's no longer faith. Faith is speaking as now. The supernatural is saying we need food now. The people are sitting here, they're hungry. How are we going to do this? And so one of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, who's Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? We're we going back to the natural. We've got, we got a little bit... But they've watched the seed and harvest happening. They've read the same old covenant you read. They saw the widow with just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. They saw the woman whose sons were sold and she just had a small bit of oil. They saw all these miracles. What do you have in your hand? Well, we got five loaves and two fish. But you see, we're still on the back foot. We're still thinking in the natural. Now you can forgive them because, I mean, they, they were unsafe people. Jesus is demonstrating something. He says, make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. In the number, about 5,000. That's just men. And then you still got the woman with them, as well as the kids. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. Now read this. And the disciples distributed to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five body loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Hallelujah. Notice. It didn't say Jesus multiplied. That's the picture we have. And sometimes, you know, Hollywood do a movie and that's what it is. The disciples kept coming to Jesus. He just, you know, in his hands, broke and kept giving, kept giving, and they would go give and then come back for more. No, it didn't happen. He broke and put it in the hands of the disciples. I want you to see how the supernatural operates. What I'm doing, you can also do. And he begins the process. He activates it puts it into their hands, and they take it, and they start distributing. And as long as everybody kept doing that, kept giving, kept flowing, they kept feeding until, notice, always, until they were all full. The oil flowed until there were no more pots. Uh, She and he and her household ate for many days. As long as the need was there, it kept flowing, But by the time everybody was filled, that's when the supernatural stopped. He said, now go gather up. And it was just from the the momentum, there's 12 baskets left. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Family, God, I'm here to say to you, has God not sent you? When he sends you, all your provision is already in place. Jesus is the apostle, the sent one, the high priest of our confession. And that's why while he was in the earth, he knew he could feed the people. He he knew it. He just knew it. He didn't have to even ask the Father. He had that discernment. He knew his Father. He knew his heart. And he heard those things all the time in his spirit. It was just, can you imagine saying, God, I'd like to feed these people. And God says, no, not today. That's not the heart of God. Jesus knew the Father would want to feed them. He already knows the heart. He knows God. He's, it's not a case of hearing, it's just being aware. Who is your God? God wants to heal sick people. Yes? Oh, that was slow. I said, God wants to heal sick people. Yes? yes. yes. So if you see someone sick, go put your hands on them. Yes. Yeah, but what? If not? You see, now we're back. Do you believe? Mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor, you are called. You will deliver as one man. Go. God has sent you. Lead people to Jesus. Tell them the good news about Jesus. What if they say no? Tell them again. And then they say no, tell them again. Keep leading people to Jesus. You see needs? Pray for
0: that. Lay hands on the sick. Make disciples. God sent you. He is with you. He is with you. He is with you. Start
1: practicing the supernatural. Practice it. Just put it into action. Don't figure out how it's going to happen. Just do it. Amen. Janine and I, as you know, we were in a situation where we were coming out of debt and we were trusting God. You heard this morning how we had emptied our bank account. And if you need to know what that's about, you get this morning's message. But the point is that God had, I made a decision to honor God and live that month by faith. And there were lots of times that we did that. And, and there was one particular case. And we saw different types of miracles, different things happening. And one particular month, I'd I'd drawn up our budget, and there was no food left. That's a good principle to learn. The taxman doesn't care whether you tithe or not. Amen. So notice he takes the money before even you tithe. See, he doesn't trust us. God does. He puts it in your hand. So I still put the tithe above the taxman. So I honor him first. And then, of course, the tax is gone, and then you've got to make sure your house is paid because you don't want to be kicked out of that. You want to make sure you have transport, so you pay the car. And then you kind of, like I said, you pay the person who shouts the loudest that month. Uh, And so you go down the list. But very often, we got to the end of that list, and there was no food left, no money left for food. And I thought, well, you know, i rather than be arrested or, you know, (laughs) put in jail or having to pay lawyers' fees as well as what's outstanding – it's easier to fast. So pay people, and I can say, right, we're fasting this week. And Janine, we made decisions like that together, and we always went together. And one month, I just had the unction. I just had it in my spirit. There's no, there's no money left for groceries. So I said to her, come, let's go to the cupboard. I remember the bread and the fish. Amen. We went to the grocery pantry cupboard. and We just put our hands on the cupboard. Say, Father, we thank you. Just the way you multiply, bread, you multiply bread and oil, you multiply flour and oil, we believe that you will feed us out of this cupboard. Now, you need to understand, it's, this is not, we were literally living by the end of the month, that cupboard's empty, and we would go, sometimes we had just like, you know, a tin left or something like that. So that it wasn't like it was stocked. No, it was now end of month cupboard. Now you're going into the next month. And we laid hands on that. And we said, Father, we thank you. You provide for us this month. We believe you. That's not when you open the cupboard and see, let me see now. No, you're not moved by sight. And that month, every time it came time to cook, Janine would go up the cupboard and say, Father, thank you. There's sufficient provision. And she would just, just cock it open, put her hand in and reach in and take something out. And every time she went in, there was something. Every time, every time, every time, every time. We lived out of that end of the month cupboard for a whole month. Uh, Now's the time to give Jesus praise. I I can still see people looking at me like, really? Gee, those that don't believe don't enter the rest. We believe the supernatural. Because we've seen things like that happen. And we don't believe it because we've seen it. We believe because we saw others in the word. We believe the word and said, God, if you've done it, you'll do the same for us. And we saw God do that. And then by the end of the month, because of that, we saw God move. And we managed to then the next month, we could go and buy groceries. Now you see the skeptical will say, well, why don't you just do that all the time? No, the day comes when you go into the land, the manna stops. Now you eat from the land. you getting what I'm saying Yeah. You trust God at the moment for what you need at that moment. And if you learn to live that way, no matter what happens, it's never going to be the same way every time. It's what is needed at that moment. And if you open for it and say, God, I don't care how you're going to do it, but I am expecting the supernatural. And you will boldly speak to cupboards. You'll speak to cars. You'll speak to petrol tanks. You'll speak to bank accounts. You'll speak, and watch what God does in your life. Come on, give him praise if you got a hold of that. Come on, give him glory. You believe that? God says, Have I not sent you? Am I not with you? Come on, let's stand
0: to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. These are the days of miracles. See, we're not a people that say, where
1: are the miracles of God? We know God never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is with us. Amen. Praise God. How many of you have been experiencing miracles like on a daily basis? You See that now that daily is going to go from daily to hourly. And then hourly to minutely.
0: Amen. Is that a word? It is now. Praise God. Just lift your hand. Say, Father, thank you. You are a God of
1: supernatural. You, the supernatural God. You created me in your image. You've created me as supernatural. My born again experience is supernatural. Your provision. Is supernatural. Your protection is supernatural. Your word is supernatural. You delivered that word to me. And just the same way Jesus never ever spoke out of fear, confidently spoke the end result as he desired it. He every time saw that come, saw it happen, saw it multiply. People being raised from the dead, supernatural increase, healings, deliverances, all the time. That's the life I'm living. Wherever I go, there's a miracle happening. Everywhere I go. Not a once off event, not now and then. It is my lifestyle. I live by faith. I love The supernatural life today. Give
0: Him praise. You believe that?